What is the point of the NFL Combine? Who's looking good just a few days after free agency started in the NFL? And March Madness is upon us. Who's going to win it all? All on this week's episode of The Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you might be listening to this. Hope you're having a good day so far. Uh, this is the Game Time Guru. I'm Shane Larson. I apologize for not having an, an episode out last week. I've been working on some social media pages for the podcast, so I was still working on it, just not getting an episode published. But today we got some good stuff for you. Before we get started, though, I want to make sure that you follow me on Twitter. Go to Twitter. Find me at the Game Time Guru. Hit follow. I'll follow you back. So please follow me on Twitter. Uh, as we get this thing rolling, I'm going to be publishing more and more updates on there. And that's where all my uh, that's where all my uh, activity will be is on Twitter. If you could also uh, like my Facebook page, we're going to get that thing rolling as well. And find me on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have an iPhone, go to the iTunes Store. Go find the podcast, the Game Time Guru with Shane Larson. Uh, subscribe to it, please. If you have an Android, uh, Stitcher is a really good, a really good app to pull up there. Uh, so follow me on Stitcher as well. I'm also on the Google Play Store, so like the uh, the the Google Play Music Store. So if you go there, find me at the Game Time Guru. Uh, it's the podcast with Shane Larson. Same thing on each one of the platforms. Just find me. Also, if you could hit share on Facebook, it takes two seconds. Please share this with your friends if you like it. Anyways. Like I said, we got some good stuff today. It's an exciting week in sports, especially for the NFL. Uh, the NFL, we got, we, we're, we're getting prepared for the NFL draft. See, there's, there's a few good times in sports, right? There's these few months that like are really exciting. Uh, NFL, like you have the end of the season, it's kind of depressing because you finish college football and then you have the Super Bowl. But then a month later, you're starting to get ready for that NFL draft, which means you got free agency. And it means, and, and that's always exciting. We'll talk about that in a second. But then you also have the combine. Now, like I said in the intro, we're going to talk about the combine because in years past, I've always enjoyed watching it. I always love to pull up the combine on NFL Network and I'm watching it and finding these players that I wanted to see how they competed, especially the guys that came from Boise State because that's where I'm from. And I wanted to see how they, you know, how they looked in front of the scouts. But, uh, in the last two or three years, I've really been starting to ask myself, what is the point of this thing? So before you jump down my throat, I just want to make a few points, okay? Something that came to my mind, especially this year. So Christian McCaffrey from Stanford, right? He's he's bench pressing, and he does 225 for 10 reps, and everyone's, you know, all up on that, saying, wow, he's weak, man, that's terrible. How's he going to compete in the NFL if he's only bench pressing 225 for 10 reps? First off, stop there. The average human being would love to bench 225 pounds for 10 reps, okay? Unless you're a bodybuilder, powerlifter, or that's your profession, or like, you know, a professional athlete. 225 for 10 reps is actually pretty good, just to put that into perspective. So the average human being would be like extremely happy with that, okay? If you could show your strength off. So that's actually pretty strong, just not compared to a lot of the other athletes. Second off, who cares what a running back is bench pressing? I'm serious, like that's... That's one of the things I just really don't get. Who 
cares? When has a running back ever been asked to bench press something on the field? You know, the, the closest you're going to get to that is when they're picking up a linebacker on a blitz or, of some kind, but that's not a bench press. That's probably going to be one to like test his squat strength, maybe like see how low he can get and get his center of gravity lower uh, and, and stick someone. It's not necessarily your bench press that's going to help you out on the football field. And that's why I started thinking about it right after McCaffrey did that. And I was like, who cares what he's bench pressing? This is stupid. I was also listening to the radio and one of the guys was talking about, I think it was Marcellus Wiley. I can't remember who it was. I thought it was Wiley, but somebody was like, never in my days as a high school collegiate or professional athlete in football was I ever asked to stand with two feet and jump as far as I could on the football field during a game or during practice. There was never a time where he was asked to do that. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, what are we testing here? So the argument against it is, okay, well, it's overall athleticism. Cool. Overall athleticism, that's great. Uh, I've seen some phenomenal athletes completely crap the bed when they go into the NFL. So that's awesome that they're, you know, athletic and whatnot, but I don't believe it should set, you know, it should set them apart if their football skill and their football speed is is something different, which we all know it is. Your football speed is a lot different than your overall athleticism. So my question is, where are the scouts and what are they doing during the season? Now, at one time there was an argument saying the NFL combine helps quote unquote level the playing field for these smaller guys, right? So it levels the playing field for these smaller school type of guys that don't really get to play those, you know, SEC defenses and stuff like that. So that's great. That might have, uh, you know, worked at one time. However, now you're paying these scouts decent money to go and find these guys, you know, find those Tom Brady's who, yeah, we all know he had an amazing combine, right? He was so athletic. No, we all know Tom Brady did garbage. He looked like poo, didn't look like an athlete at all. And, you know, as much as I can't stand him, let's, okay, where's he at right now? He's 40 years old. He's still throwing the ball. Great, playing, competing at a high level. Okay, so come on now. Anyways, now the scouts are out there. They should be able to find these guys and see how they're playing on the football field. The scouts are, if they're doing their job, you don't need to have a combine. And you don't, and if you're going to do a combine, you need to be doing different tests than what you're, what you're doing. One little tiny thing that uh, has always kind of bothered me in a sense is the quarterbacks, okay? And their throwing drills. I do like to watch the quarterbacks and how, you know, how they handle the pressure of being in front of everybody and, and how they ha- handle the pressure of being with other quarterbacks that are really talented. Um, even these smaller guys, like when Kellen Moore was there and all that stuff. I like to see how they compete with these these bigger name dudes, but uh, why are we throwing the ball without shoulder pads on? How difficult is it to go get a helmet and shoulder pads to put on these guys? I mean, it's they've got to be available or ask them to bring their own. Why aren't they throwing the ball with shoulder pads on when they're doing their throwing drills? That would be one suggestion I have. Put shoulder pads on them. The closest we ever got to seeing something of that nature was, believe it or not, Johnny Manziel when he actually threw during his pro day with a helmet on. And, you know, as, as much as people think that's so minor, it's not even a big detail, it really is. The, the small football experience that I have 
can tell you that the throwing motion with shoulder pads on is a little bit different than throwing it without. Your range of motion is limited. So why don't we just maybe put some shoulder pads and a helmet on because your vision is blocked with a helmet on, believe it or not. Like your peripheral vision is not as great when you have a helmet on. So it's nice to see them with these things so you can get a more accurate assumption of what's going to be coming in the future. And I can guarantee you that's a very minor adjustment and I don't know why they're not doing that. It, it, they have the shoulder pads available. Come on. It's the NFL. Why don't they put these on these guys? Um, I, I also think we should be testing squat strength rather than bench pressing. I don't care how much you can bench press. If you're a football player, you should be seeing how much you can squat. Squatting is a huge, huge lift for football players. Squats and power clean. So why don't we see how much they can squat? Um, that's your explosiveness. That's where your power is coming from. That's how you block, like every lineman will tell you the same thing. Uh, the running backs, they'll tell you the same thing. I mean, if you can get low and, and hold your ground with your legs, you have a good base, you'll probably be okay. So why don't we test them with squats rather than, than bench press? I don't know. Leave a comment for me if you have some answers to this. I don't get it. But I was watching it, and I'm like, this is just, it's pointless now that I'm as I'm seeing it. And then we go into the pro day. So you have your combine with your, you know, a bunch of random players. And then you get to have your pro day, which is with, you know, the players that you're more used to playing around, right? So the scouts get to come there. And it's for the players who didn't get, ex you know, accepted to the combine because it's limited. So you get to have a little bit, uh, you get to have your receivers with you if you're a quarterback. And those receivers get to have their day with the scouts and all that stuff. Okay. I understand that. But again, my argument is where are the scouts to begin with? Why aren't these scouts already looking at these players? Why aren't they already there? They should have someone keeping an eye on all of them and seeing their film. The 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 issue that happens is you're you're running this stupid risk of injuring a player. You know, enter Sidney Jones from Washington. Sidney Jones from Washington just tore his Achilles during his pro day. He was a potential first round pick coming up in the 2017 draft. 2017 draft, he was going to be a first-round pick, possibly. A lot of teams were looking at him that were hurting in the secondary, and he tears his Achilles on a stupid drill while he was backpedaling, and then he tried to change direction. Watch the video. It's really, it's actually really sad to watch because it's just a, it's a quick, quick move and just pop. And anyone who has seen an Achilles tear or an Achilles rupture, anything, an Achilles injury, knows how difficult it is to come back. I have a friend of mine who tore his Achilles and he's a basketball player. He's back, but it's been about two years and it was a long process. Now this guy's potentially missing out on, you know, millions of dollars because, you know, maybe some team will take a, take a, you know, a shot at him, take that chance. But for Sidney Jones, he's a cornerback. He needs his explosiveness and he needs his quickness and that's a very difficult injury to come back from. Who knows if he'll be as fast as he was and as quick as he was. You, ne you never know with an injury like that. That's a serious one. So he might not be getting the, you know, he, he potentially loses millions of dollars when he shouldn't have been in the pro day in the first place. These scouts should already have had him on film. They should already know how he's playing. They don't need to have him do more drills out there, you know, like, come on. They're pointless things. And I know this is very rare, but it's, it's a possibility that it could happen. So what the heck are we doing? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if it's just for ratings, if it's truly for the, the teams to get a better look, but if your scouts are doing the job, then they shouldn't have to have the combine of the pro days. And if your scouts aren't doing the job, I'm standing right here 
I'm looking for a really good paying job. So if the NFL wants to call me out and help have me come down there and help them out, totally fine with that. I'll cover the entire West Coast. Let me know. I'm sure my wife would appreciate it as well. So anyways, moving on to the free agency period, though, because we're getting ready for the getting ready for the draft. And the only note I wanted to make here on free agency was for one. Well, there's two notes, so I didn't mean the only note. One, the Patriots are reloading, and that's obvious. They are geniuses. Bill Belichick is a genius, and it's scaring me as a Cowboys fan to see how they're reloading. Are you kidding me? They, like, I, I honestly believe Dwayne Allen is one of the best pickups for a tight end they could have gotten when they, they let go of Bennett. Bennett leaves, insert Dwayne Allen to kind of help out if Gronk's there, and, you know, what? let's see if Gronk doesn't stay the whole season. They both kind of are injury-prone, but those are two really good receiving tight ends, and Dwayne Allen can block, too. I mean, he's an all-around tight end. I, I loved him in college. I think that was an amazing pickup. Also, you get yourself Cooks, the receiver, in a trade, okay? And Gilmore at the corner? Are you kidding me? There's three players right there. It's like these teams in the NFL keep feeding the beast. Stop feeding the beast. Like, Can we not form an alliance? Like, We know how lethal they are already with mediocre talent surrounding Tom Brady as he doesn't have a major receiver. And then we're just going to keep loading them up. Gosh, dang it. So get ready for another probably 14-2 and two season by the, the Patriots, assuming everybody stays semi-healthy. My goodness, dude. It's just unreal. I don't understand it. Can't stand the Patriots, man, but they are reloading. I got to give them props because they are really good when it comes to free agents. Like When it comes to the free agency period, that time hits. Like They're sneaky, man. They find these little, these little sneaky deals that's going under the radar, and then all of a sudden they turn out to be huge. Gosh, I don't know. Frustrated with that. Another point I wanted to make was a lot of the Cowboys fans like myself at first were getting frustrated because we're dropping like flies because, you know, our cap space was very limited when we entered free agency. We already knew that. We knew our cap space was limited. We're trying to trade Romo for something. Uh, There's a lot of drama going around in, in the Cowboys camp. The thing is, that's not a bad problem to have. And I want to explain to you guys why it's not a problem to to have little cap space. The reason the Cowboys have very little cap space is because they drafted well in like the 2011, 2012, 2013. They drafted well, and they had to sign those guys the long-term deal so they wouldn't lose them. So, you know, we're, we're trying to keep that offensive line, so we're putting a lot of money into the line. We needed to extend Des Bryant. We got him his his deal going. Uh, I mean, obviously, Romo has a lot of money coming his way, so we're kind of locked up there, too, but that's not the only one. Like, everyone's stuck on that. Like, oh, he's, you know, no, it's not the only issue. We have we have a lot of guys we got a lot of money going into. So it leaves us with little cap space, but that is the reason the Cowboys have built such a successful team. So, like, any team that has little cap space going into free agency or whatever it may be, they know, like, it, rather than freaking out and being like, this is just ridiculous, that's terrible business, most of the time you have little cap space because you're good at drafting your players. You're good at the NFL draft, and the Cowboys have done pretty pretty well when it comes to, to the drafts in recent years, probably the last five, six, seven years. They've done pretty well in the drafts uh, for the most part. So I, I wouldn't freak out if your team's losing everybody. The Cowboys lost Barry Church, J.J. Wilcox, possibly Morris Claiborne. 
uh, Jack Crawford, Terrell McClain. Our, our defense was falling apart, but let's be real here. Um, the, the defense is the reason we lost in the playoffs. We couldn't stop anyone from the Packers. So when we're losing these, they're, they're big name players and we respect them because they've been there for a little bit. But uh, is it really going to hurt us that much? Let's be real. You know what I mean? Like we, we couldn't stop anyone. What we really need is a pass rush. So we're losing these, as my uncle calls it, pedestrian players, and they can be they can be replaced. We'll probably draft some defensive guys, um, and we'll probably reload. So if your team didn't have cap space, don't worry. It's probably because they're a good organization who can draft well. Right on, right on, right on. So guys, March Madness, we're going to finish up here. It's just getting started. And uh, it's kind of exciting this year because I was talking to a few guys at work. I don't know who's going to win. I don't trust certain guys. Like, I don't trust certain teams. I think Duke is overrated, but then every time I've watched them in the last, like, week, especially in the in the tournament, they were killing it. They were destroying guys, and they, they actually were flowing really well. So they're making me eat crow, except I will stand by one thing. I think Grayson Allen, put this on record, I think Grayson Allen is the most overrated basketball player in the country. That's put this on record right now. Grayson Allen is overrated, most overrated player in the country. I will I will go to the death. I will fight to the death with that point being made. Okay? Grayson Allen overrated. Anyways, besides him, he's he's the fourth best player on that team. Anyways, they were killing it. I think Duke has a chance, but for some reason, I just don't I actually see him getting upset in the second round to be honest with you. But that probably won't happen. I bet they make it to the Sweet 16 early date. Some of the seeding was off in this bracket, as we know. Like I believe it was Wichita State. If I'm not mistaken, I thought it was Wichita State um, that got a 10 seed, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know what people were thinking there. I think it was Dayton and Wichita State. Let me double check this for you as I'm looking here. Yeah, Wichita State and Dayton. Wichita State's so good. Why are they a 10 seed? What in the world is that? There was a few of those in this in this year's bracket. I, I expect Wichita State to get past Dayton and then face Kentucky in the second round and actually make it a game. It won't be the same, you know, I don't know. I think Kentucky will beat them, but I think Wichita State will be a scary team, and they might, you know, be coming for an upset against Kentucky. But why are they a 10 seed? I don't know. Anywho, just a quick update, because I'm not going to go too deep into this. I'm looking at the brackets, the matchups. If any one seed's going to make it, if any one seed is going to make it, I think it's North Carolina. I believe North Carolina is the best team when healthy in the country. I think North Carolina wins it if they can put it all together. I see Gonzaga losing in the Elite Eight. Um, I think they lose to either Notre Dame or West Virginia. So I don't see Gonzaga getting past the Elite Eight. That's just me. Uh, some some of the guys that I'm looking at here got Arizona might make a run, but I could see them falling out. UCLA is really scary when they're when they're rolling. I mean, they're one of the best offensive teams in the country, hands down. I want to see how Ball does in the tournament when the pressure's on. Man, it's kind of a toss up this year. I'm gonna go with North Carolina as the winner. I'm not too confident about that, but I'm going with UNC. I'm going to cheer them on this year. Going with UNC. 
my Buckeyes are garbage this season, so I can't even go for anyone out of the Big Ten. It's so weak. I'm going with North Carolina. I'm taking it. But, uh, man, you get matched up with the wrong team, such as, like, let's say Villanova gets matched up with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got some big boys, man. Wisconsin's big. And uh, if Villanova gets in, you know, they should get into the second round. And if Wisconsin can beat Virginia Tech, that team, Wisconsin's a, stel- a stellar team out of the out of the Big Ten. So, I mean, they're it's kind of a weak conference, but they match up, and it's it's all about matchups. I'd see them making an upset in the second round if they if they get past Virginia Tech. I don't know. It's exciting though. Everyone's gonna be paying attention to that on Thursday and Friday at work. No one's going to be paying attention to their actual jobs, which is fine. They should always just call work off on Thursdays and Fridays. It should just be a national holiday for the next three weeks. Whatever, though. I mean, one day when I'm president, I'll make that a a rule. Who knows? Anywho, guys, that's what I got for you today. Um, Like I said, please follow me on Twitter, at the Game Time Guru. Go to iTunes, Stitcher. uh, Follow me there. Subscribe. I'm on the Google Play the Google Music Play Store, whatever Google Play, go there, find the Game Time Guru. But also, please share this, like it, share it on Facebook, like my page on Facebook. I'm going to get everything rolling here. Um, I appreciate everybody who's been listening to these and supporting me. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. I appreciate you listening. Take care now. 